0: This week on Invasion, the podcast Cleveland unlocks an achievement And our show's name finally Makes sense. And we do a top ten list Of our favorite aliens. We bring you this Special radio television broadcast in order To give you the very latest information On an amazing phenomenon The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute. Ladies and gentlemen I think something is happening Flying saucers have invaded Our planet People of Earth, attention. It's the Invasion of the Podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul take me to your leader Stedman and to my left as always is Joe welcome to earth Peters Earth. yeah so you just punch an alien straight in the face and then we're done <laughs> uh, so we're gonna have a like we've been talking about doing an alien invasion episode well since we started the podcast over a year ago and we've been saving it because it's like uh, Independence Day is coming again. I guess the, the resurgence is coming this week. Independence
1: Day comes every year. Yeah, Mark. it does
0: come every year. But Independence Day resurgence is coming this week. Yep. Um, why it's not coming out July 4th weekend, whatever. But uh, so that that's coming. But there's something way more big that happened. Like uh, Cleveland, We this podcast speaks out of Cleveland. The Cleveland Cavaliers won a championship. It damn near killed me. Like just watching, not that I played. Like you didn't see me. I was on the, I was on the bench waiting for my I shot.
1: Think, uh, yeah, I think I want to say uh, you know we have a very big footprint in Cleveland because we're a Cleveland based show. But I know there's people outside of Cleveland listening to the show. Um, it's a big big deal for us to win a championship. I watching everybody watch a game on Sunday. It was it was probably one of the most tense moments of my life watching that game. Right, Cause, like like. And, and and it's, like, I told you that, like, today I watched that documentary, the 30 for 30 documentary, Believe Land, which ESPN did about the curse that Cleveland had where we could not win a championship with any of our sports teams for 52 years. And
0: it wasn't a matter of not winning. It was always there was a precipice and then something would happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. like, you, um, I don't, I'm not going to weigh too much of it, but, like, they interview Arsenio Hall in it, and he talks about how. There's things that are tied to this curse that are just normal things in sports, but if you type them in, they tie to Cleveland, like the drive, the fumble, the shot. You type those in on Google, it pulls up, you know, the event that happened in Cleveland. It's not just like, you know... A specific sports term like it, it, it that doesn't come up first. It, what comes up is you you know you type in the shot, you know it's the shot that Jordan made and and pretty much just sealed our fate in the in, in the in the in those it the playoffs or the finals. The playoffs, the, the playoffs. Yeah, because the Cavs um,
0: have not made the finals until LeBron was first with us. Yeah, yeah.
1: But um, you know, and then there's you know the fumble and the drive, like the John Elway drive. I remember that. I was watching that on Thirty for Thirty, and I was getting like really. Like, 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 reminiscently sad. Just, just because I remember when I was a kid watching that with my dad, and we were just like watching our hopes get crushed. Like sitting there, I would made like this, uh, this, this paper thing in, in school for the Browns game, and we had it sitting up on one of the chairs with us, like a good luck charm. Like a good luck charm, yeah. yeah. And it was just like I was just crushed. I'll never forget that.
0: Was it like a handwritten sign saying "No Prevent Defense"? And you sat there. No, and like, it was.
1: <laughs> it was like a no. It was like a paper. Um, like a paper grocery bag, but then like a bunch of construction paper. It looked like a dog with a football helmet. Okay, but um, anyway, uh, so we won We won a championship. Cleveland finally has a uh, a, a world championship after after 52 years
0: and and so i'm a transplant to cleveland i've been here since 2000 so i, I consider myself cleveland enough you know i've been yeah. here uh to see a, a, some heartache i was here for the browns when they came back their playoff game against steelers i watched that and that was misery i was at the indians game where we we're supposed to go to the world series with cc on the mound and watched us just just wilt to the boston red Sox. i was at that game that was terrible so i've, I've had my share of heartache. Um, I was actually downtown for the game seven watch party, like inside the arena. Like I guess tickets sold out like within 30 seconds of that. Um, I have never felt more sick to my stomach watching a sporting event in a good way. Like I had, but I had like that nausea at the bottom. Like you're just sitting there watching. I've never, I've never lived and died by a possession in basketball more. And it was just the, the arena was electric. I was almost in tears before the game started. Like, cause they sang the national anthem, but they had the whole entire arena sing it. Yeah. And that got to me. There was a video package that played that was like saying, uh, showed all the the past Cavaliers, and um, and it was like let's win it for the Cavaliers, past and present. And it was just like, oh no, they're making me really feel yeah. all these emotions they're right you now. In the feels, yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, man, it was just it was uh, maddening. And then at the end, and this is this is the, the nerdiest way I can describe this. And Joe will know what how I feel, and, and if other people can relate, that's that's great. The last minute of that felt like. When you're playing World of Warcraft and you're about to down that boss you've never beat before, and you're like, "We're gonna do it this time," and you're gonna avoid the one percent wipe, and then to see like you know, like you're just waiting for that moment of like something for the wheels to fall off yeah. and then you do it.
1: That's that's kind of how I felt too. Yeah. Like you know, like after Kyrie hit his three pointer and then like LeBron got hurt,
0: I was I was waiting. I was like, "Oh, his uh, arm." I fell thought off.
1: that I thought that was it too, and then he made he missed his first free throw, <laughs> and then he made the next free throw, Yeah. and it was like. Oh, my God, like, we're up by four, and they have, like, what, five, six seconds? It was, like, what well, was, like, around, like, 30 seconds to yeah, get shot Yeah, and off. I was just, like, even if, like, somehow, like, Curry hits a three from the concession stand, like, they can't win it. And I yeah. was just like, "Oh my god!" But I was still so nervous. Like I thought something was going to happen. I was
0: waiting for a rock and jock um,
1: hoop to come down from the <laughs> arena and have Dan Cortez come out and Be like, "It's ten point shot time." Yeah. And be like, "Oh no!" Oh no! Yeah. But like when he miss that when when they miss that shot, I was just like, "We just sealed the deal. Like we just won." Yeah, and like so the arena, like I I, I had
0: tears in my eyes. I'm not going to lie. Like i mean, I was everybody crying too. Like, but it's like well, it was like I was there with my one buddy Matt and. His girlfriend was between the two of us, and I had just met her, so I, I was like, I don't want to become like this big emotional slob in front of someone I just met. But like, we go to high five and we lock eyes for a second. He and I, not not her and I, and it's like that moment of like bros almost crying in their each other's eyes. It's like that was the most awkward high five <laughs> I've had, and it was like, but it was just amazing. Like I just, I don't know, it was so electric. The crowd outside was so like like I've high five so many strangers that night. It was ridiculous. I've just I've never been around such an uplifting feeling. And I will never forget it. Like so that I thought that was amazing. Um and then we the parade happened yesterday. Yeah. I went and, to the
1: parade yesterday, yeah.
0: And that was uh, that was a challenge.
1: It yeah. was fun. But it was a challenge. One point three million people downtown for the parade. Um it was incredible.
0: Yeah, so where you were standing and watching the parade, were there barricades there?
1: No. <laughs> like it was it was a shit show uh, with oh. the barricades and the way that they had this set up. Like when they announced it, it was like... They're like, yeah, we're expecting about three hundred to 400,000 people. And then it slowly crept up to 800,000 people. And then they're like, it'll probably be about a million. And I'm like, do you guys think that if you want a, a a motorcade of a parade to go down East ninth you should probably throw up some barricades nope like when we got when we got stationed at about 10 o'clock because the parade was scheduled to start at 11 yeah yeah <laughs> when we got when we got stationed it was like there was there was clearly a path for two cars on East ninth and there were people walking up and down the the street that were just kind of like going from here to there to the other end of the parade within the next 45 minutes it just filled with people wow and like we were standing there and i'm like where's the parade gonna go through at like and and then towards like cuz it was a little delayed towards like 11:30 like no floats or anything had shown up or no cars or anything and everyone in the street was screaming at everyone like they had a whole chant of of like move it back move it back and like trying to push us back yeah. From the curb, so that they could then become the curb, and it, then like everybody on the curb was pointing, like move it down, move it down, like go down the street because <laughs> you're not supposed to be there. And it turned into like it wasn't like a like a like a violent war, but it was just like these chants going back and forth. Like they were like we're going where you are, and we were like no, you're going down the street. And that's funny, yeah. That's, but
0: that could also have turned really bad.
1: It could have, but there were people climbing on things they shouldn't have. Um, I've got pictures I've seen of people that I don't know how they scaled some buildings. Oh, that parking garage picture crazy. That parking is crazy, garage yeah. where people literally just kind of like shimmied up the side of it mm-hmm. because there were those gaps. And it's like I saw one picture of a woman. She was like wedged in between the two gaps. She had to have been like three or four stories up. Like literally just yeah. kind of like shimmied up it. And she had a beer in one hand and her phone and she was on a phone with a. And I'm like, if her feet goes out, She's dead. Yeah. Like, her hands were completely occupied, and even if they did, it's like, what was she going to grab onto? I'm like, these people. Like, oh, my God. I, I,
0: I completely agree with you. I don't understand it. Like, where we were, we were um, further, uh, I don't know, we were, we were by the by Jacob's Field on East 9th. There was barricades there. So, at least at least they could move through. Like, the parade could move through. But there, it was still even frustrating because... Like every so often people want to creep forward and and everyone's like, you know, the cops would be like, no, you can't, you know, and, and then people, then anytime anybody thought they saw something, every single forearm went up with the phone. Yeah. And it was very like, I mean, here I sound like a curmudgeon old man, but it's like, we're going to see all this footage for years. I don't need to see your blurry Facebook video. Of that, right. You know, so it's like so I got it's kind a lot of, it's of, kind of pictures. Of though
1: I, I did that though. Like I took a lot of pictures of of stuff, and you know, I got pictures of the, the 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 players that went by, and like Bernie and Machine Gun Kelly was there, um, you know, and the monsters, of course, were there. But uh, like, yeah, I, I mean,
0: I, I mean, Mary took some photos. I didn't take so many. Um, I just I was super happy to see J.R. Smith by himself come out first on top of a car like just standing out there without a shirt on Yeah, and it was like just one of the most ridiculous things I could have possibly ever seen in like Cleveland it was amazing it was a good time It's just that the getting there and getting back was very like we got in and out of the city pretty easily unlike a lot of people but still it was very like all it takes is one bad person this could have been just like it was scary yeah. but it was also a lot of fun I don't know like it was like who but you're right the city is like like oh there'll be some people here it's like no this is the first professional sports championship and like a lot of people's like and it was lifetime. a beautiful day
1: yeah beautiful day
0: so what were you expecting yeah. you know like anyway so but yeah this whole this whole four days have been like i went to the game i went to the parade i did some like other stuff associated with all this like i have been like you would think that i'm like the biggest basketball fan ever because of this it's right. like it's just i'm more like a cleveland fan yeah but i've just been run ragged
1: and that's the thing that it was is like i've i grew up liking cleveland sports um you know, I was a Cavs fan, I was a Browns fan, Indians fan. You know, more into, like, my teens, it tapered off, and I didn't really pay attention to professional sports, like, when I was a teenager as much. And then as I got older, um, I really started to get into the Indians, like, towards the 90s. Um The Cavs, I knew they were kind of around, and the Browns just suddenly disappeared, yeah. you know, because they up and moved to Baltimore, and then they came back. So it was kind of weird to get back into that, Um but even when lebron came around i was never like a big cavs fan like i never went to a lot of cavs games uh but i'm really happy i love i like the cavs i love them a lot but this was so much more for the city and less of me being a cavs fan i, I wouldn't say i'm not a cavs fan i am a cavs fan but just the sheer fact that they have a trophy for the city was just, yeah.
0: Like, like I was telling our, our friend of the show, Jonathan Brady, which I'm also going to admit now that he told me he wept openly like a little girl while he was in the arena. He's like, he's like, I hugged my dad. And he's like an, I start crying. He's like, and it was not pretty. So he was just a sobbing mess in the arena. And I, I love that image in my head. I didn't get to see it, but I love the idea that he was just weeping openly
1: at his sports think, team. I don't know. I know a lot of people that were crying.
0: I know, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying, like Mr. Mr. Brady was just weeping openly, which I knew he was going to if they won. You know, like and that's that's wonderful. That was the reaction. It was more relief. Like I can't believe it happened, and it was Father's Day. So I heard all these stories on the radio of guys calling up and saying that they got to spend it with their dad or their son and how like there's like grown men getting choked up on sports talk radio about this moment. And it was just, it was really like, I'm glad to experience it. Like I'm, I'm big Cleveland fan. Cleveland's been on like the uptick for a number of years. So if it took a sports championship for the rest of the world to kind of back off and see how great it is, so be it, you know? Yeah. So I was, I was happy. I about really,
1: that. I really hope they, this really skyrockets Cleveland, uh, you know, because you know, we've been, I mean, we're called the mistake on the lake. Like, you know, there's so many names that you can call Cleveland and so many jokes people make about Cleveland, but, um, and I, I don't, I don't think this will instantaneously turn our, our, our image around, but I hope it starts to build it back up. Cause when we were at our height and our peak in like the, the mid to late fifties and sixties was like the same time, you know, we had just won a, um, uh not the Super Bowl, but the football the NFL championship NFL yeah, championship. Yeah. And it was like, you know, a few years off the cusp of the World Series the Indians were in the World Series in the forties. So like I'm hoping that this championship can revitalize this city in many, many ways. Yeah. Like, not not just not just economically, but I also want to see this city like everybody needs to be happier in Cleveland. We've always had a chip on our shoulder because, you know, the Browns because we're never going to win. We're never yeah. going to win. Something always stops us from winning. Yeah, Some, a fumble always happens. John John Elway always happens. <laughs> you know, yeah, something. You know, uh, so yeah, I, I really hope this is just nothing but straight up for us. So, just
0: from a, a, um, I, I even say this like a nerd standpoint, if I was to watch a movie with the ending the way it was for the way the Cavaliers like the final series went. I would say that's the most trite, like, you know, like, oh, everything had to go their way for that to happen, right? Oh, that's a crappy ending. But somehow, because it all happened in real time, it is the greatest story that I've ever seen in sports. It's an amazing story, yeah. Yeah, like, just... I don't know. Like, um, I liked like the, the yesterday in the parade or the rally when LeBron said that he still feels like he's going to wake up. That's yeah, he's still he, at like, Game Four. Yeah, he's like, and he's like, crap, we're still down like two one. I yeah. thought that was like the most human comment. I love that. So anyway, I know we're gloating about not gloating, but we like, could have no. a whole
1: podcast about the NBA yeah. championship. But we're not gonna. Yeah. but we did feel we needed to touch on it because we love nerd stuff. Uh, sports is not necessarily nerd stuff to a lot of people, but uh, first and foremost, we love Cleveland. And uh, like when we started this podcast, one of the things that we both agreed upon was that we wanted to have a big focus on a lot of local stuff because of the city. Yeah. And this is a huge local thing.
0: Well, I feel like what really was the genesis of of Cleveland winning game seven was that I went to the midnight showing a roadhouse Saturday night at midnight. So I had some of that Swayze, Swayze magic going on. So like I had to have some of that Dalton roadhouse magic. Cause Patrick, pain don't hurt. Patrick Swayze was with you. Yeah, he was, he was ghosting the entire he was. time. Yeah. He was like I was making pottery in the <laughs> arena. You know, like, it was
1: pretty great. Unchained melody. Comes and I, I was like,
0: I'm not afraid anymore. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Pennies are just moving themselves up the yeah. door. Like, oh, he's here. You he's
0: know, <laughs> he's showing me he's here. Um, so so yeah, good good on Cleveland. Um, I I hope we win more. I, I want more. Um, but that was just something that great because I, I never thought I'd see that either. So that most was, people never thought yeah. they would.
1: Fifty two years.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's don't, a Don't worry. Never TV, TV never let us forget that. <laughs> like every yeah. every broadcast ever remind us of that. So um, so yeah. Anyway, it's cool. Um, and and yeah. So I guess we'll just get on to news. <laughs>
1: Everyone.
0: So the news is is that there was no parade in Oakland after. No, joking. (laughs) (laughs) I I I, talking about basketball. Still, I hate the Golden State Warriors. Like I hate all their faces. I hope their
1: locker room smells like champagne too. Right?
0: Like Dream on Green. I hate his face. I don't know why it is. And Steph Curry. I just I, I always just keep thinking, you know, you're just one one bad chew away from swallowing your mouth guard, you know. But anyway, yeah. And all did you just see all the memes that went up online after, like all the little, sure. like they're like uh, Bleacher Report would do this thing where they would put the players' heads on different movie movie things. Like oh, you know, I've scenes. seen the jib jab things, yeah. Yeah. Did you see the one for the Titanic, where it showed yeah. um, the the two guys from the Gold State Warriors being like uh, Jack with the like on the bow of the Titanic, and then they're all excited, and then you see the iceberg, and it's just actually just LeBron's head. And it's just it's just his eyes and his head. He's like he's like in the water, like staring at the boat. <laughs> and you see the boat hit and all the Gold State Warriors go down with the ship. It was pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Sorry. So enough enough basketball news. Bow. Yeah. Speaking of, of, of everybody that, you know, bad
1: guys that you love to hate, uh, Vader's going to be at Rogue One. That's pretty exciting. That is. I mean, I know a lot of people that were, like, really hoping they would somehow sneak some more flashback stuff into Episode 7, which I couldn't see them doing, um, but... Man, how cool is it going to be see Darth Vader on the screen again?
0: I just hope it actually serves a story purpose and not just like, hey, guys, we got Vader. That's like, I do give, too. Me, give me a reason for him to be there. I'm cool with the time frame because it makes sense in terms of the Star Wars timeline that he's around and very scary. But like make him an actual presence, not just like a you, you, you see all the, the heroes, like the rebels go by. And he's it's, like he's in there in a, like a map room looking at plans
1: for the Death Star. And that's it. Yeah. No, I want to see him in action. Like I want to shining his see helmet. Him. Like, I want to see him a focal point. What I would kind of like to see is I know they have that guy that's that Grand Admiral, Grand Admiral in the trailer. The guy with the white cape. Yeah. Definitely Grand, Grand Admiral. I want to see them kind of play off of that the way they did in Shadows of the Empire, which is a novel that takes place between Empire and um, Jedi. where uh, And this is completely out of context because... You know they—they're not going to go by this type of canon. But uh, Vader had a rivalry with uh, Prince Zor, who was like a, a crime lord. He okay. A, a crime syndicate called Black Sun. But they always had uh, the best interest of the Emperor in mind, and the Emperor favored them. And Vader hated it. There was like a real, like bitter rivalry, and he—Vader could easily take him out, but politically he couldn't touch him because of the favor he had with the Empire. I'd like to see a cool rivalry like that, like maybe the Grand Admiral... Has like some type of rival with Vader in a sense where I think that would be a really cool, compelling story. Like Vader has, like not so much a a Jedi rival but a political rival.
0: No, I like the idea of the whole notion of like I could kill you with my mind, but that's going to cause me that's way cause more, more problems. Yeah, that, yeah, I like that. Um, but yeah. I don't
1: think that's going to happen. That's just kind of me pipe dreaming a little bit because I want to see Vader in action and tied into more stuff. I think if they keep it quiet and and do that that would be amazing instead of like what you said just like oh there he is he's sitting at his desk like you see the shadow of his helmet yeah. like that's it like there like, just there he is yeah but yeah. no cuz i know there's one kid that does a really good vader they use him for all the video games well they're I mean they're getting um or they could get your James Earl Jones they are
0: they confirmed he's coming back to do line oh yeah. my god yeah He's going to be all like, what's this say?
1: No. No, he's not
0: going to you know, do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, Or the other thing they could do, too, is like, I think it'd be amazing if you actually showed Vader in full-on badass Sith mode. I'd
1: like to Cause see Because you that. didn't see
0: that in the movies, really. No. You saw a little bit, but I'd like to see him in a full-on action sequence. Like, just completely just taking down taking something. People out.
1: Like, he goes to get some Jedi. Yeah. That just, would be just, amazing. Like, all the Bothans. Like, he goes oh. to this, you know. That would be sweet <laughs> if he killed all the Bothans. Like, if they were, like, many Bothans died, but it was like he killed all of them. Yeah. Just show show the world why you need to be so, scared <laughs> of him. Like, so, so what What exactly happened? Did all the Bothans run into, like, a stormtrooper together? No. no just one,
0: Vader. One dude, b- one dude. One dude. <laughs> one dude. <laughs> what? Um,
1: and, yeah, I know that. So, that's
0: exciting. It's like... I, it's it's good for for Disney to be like who's the most popular character in Star Wars like realistically I mean yeah. you, I mean you got Skywalker and and BB Eight who's now my favorite but um, Vader's the man like and how do you bring Vader back which I mean I could tell by Kylo Ren they wanted to like they wanted their they, new Vader
1: well Kylo Ren is definitely shaping up to be a new Vader for a generation yeah more so than like what. Lucas tried to do with the prequels when you you offed Darth Maul and then you had Sidious and um, uh, Count Dooku, yeah, or Darth Tyrannus, whatever. Yeah, Dooku whatever. Was. But uh, that that was no substitute for Vader. You know what I mean? Yeah. So,
0: so yeah. So it's exciting. I'm I'm all about that. Uh, all right. Other bit of news here, real quick. Uh, there's a new Ghostbusters song that
1: just came out. It's, which um, I listened to like five minutes of it. And, and when you told me they had a new song out, I was like, I got to hear this. Because like, I seriously thought they came up with original material yeah. and tried to make it a fresh song for a fresh movie. But then it was just like, it's the same song. They just <laughs> had yeah. two different people sing it and change the beat a little bit. I'm like, eh, yeah, right, like, whatever. It's Fallout could, Boy yeah. and Missy
0: Elliott and... It's like I people of my age are like like they're just mad about it, which I'm like, that's the that's the wrong reaction, because it's like if I was a kid, I'd probably like it a lot. And like, because I think about all the movie soundtrack songs.
1: Well, it's, that definitely I liked got, a lot. Yeah. it's definitely got a catchy vibe for the kids, you know, what yeah. I mean? which the original Ghostbuster song had that, too. Yeah, I agree. and I'm not saying that somebody should probably have written a Ghostbusters song for me. You know, that I could have been like, oh, yeah, this is totally like Ray Parker Jr.'s, and I'm totally hip to this. Yeah. No, it's, you know, it's just like um, anything else. Everything's moving into a new generation. Um, And I'm not hating on Ghostbusters or anything with this. I'm really excited about the new Ghostbusters movie. I can't wait to see it. But, like, the song just kind of didn't grip me. It was just like, even if they, they should have just, even the lyrics, you know, it's like, change them up completely. Like, give me something fresh. Yeah. Why didn't they come up with a fresh new Ghostbusters? Which they song? didn't, and that, and here, here's the thing that drives me nuts about this is that um,
0: uh, Paul Feg Feg, it, it's Feg, right? Paul so, F. F. Paul F. All right, All right. anyway, no, the director, I think yeah, it's Fegi, it's Feige? Well, that's Kevin Feige of Marvel, that Kevin, uh, that does the movie stuff for Paul Marvel. Feige? Is it, yeah, so anyway, the guy, the director of Ghostbusters and Bridesmaids, um, he's went on repeatedly to defend, like, hey guys, this is our own take on this. Yo, give it time. Like you're gonna like it, but it's gonna be different. And they and it's like with the casting and then like, you know, the look of it, it's like I'm on board with all that, but then you start, like, I start seeing elements that start creeping in to remind everybody of, like, hey, this is what you loved about the original. It's like, yeah. I don't need that. It's like, like, you have Slimer again. You have right. Stay Puff Marshmallow right. Man. You have the song with the same lyrics. It's like, I feel like, it's like you can't serve two masters. Like, that's what they're trying you, to if do. If you want individuality, then take it. If, if you're going to re release Ecto Cooler, which for some reason everyone's excited about that too, I don't know why. I think that's a good move, though. Yeah, th- that's fine. Like, that's delicious. Th- <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> like, that's, um, That's that's nostalgia for a product that was a tie into the original movie. That's fine, but whenever it's like, I don't know, something about this feels like they're starting to trip over that line of like they are wanting to blend it too much. Now people are going to start associating it too much with the original, and that's where the
1: disappointment's going to come in. If if they feel like it's not like living up to the original, you're right. If they start like paying lip service, and then there's a difference between paying like, an homage to, like, what you did versus, like, just blatantly putting go- or uh, Slimer in the movie. You know, the same thing goes with this, you know, and, like, even, even the trailer or the premise of it doesn't reference the previous two movies. It's not like, you know, uh, Venkman, Stance, Egon, and Zedman existed in this world that, that all these, gr- that the new girls are going to exist in. This is yeah. a fresh Ghostbusters. The Stay Puft Marshmallow Man didn't attack New York in the 80s. That never happened in this movie, you know? Yeah. So if they're going to go into that, and then I think I read somewhere, too, that, like, it was just going to be called Ghostbusters, and now they're attaching answer the call to, like, the, oh, the tag name. Yeah. Like, like why can't they just call it Ghostbusters? Yeah. Like, they own the rights. They could just call it Ghostbusters. It doesn't have to be, like, you know. But um, you're right. I think, I think the more they start to throw things in there, uh you know like 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 visual like and more like with the slimer and stay puff um you know that's fine and and like throwing back to like the outfits and and the proton packs is important you know and i mean you could even throw a couple lines in there you know from
0: yeah i mean even if they're out of context to the original that's fine yeah the fact that the proton packs when they spun up had the same noise as the originals mm-hmm. and they didn't look a lot like the originals I'm fine with that like I mean even though I feel like this the sound is, is always important the, it, it, it's like and if you did something completely different people might be a little weird about that but it's like they, they'd be like showing a lightsaber now that would have like a like a, a slide whistle attached yeah. to it like boop. Well, you know. you're
1: right and I think like uh, especially the movie sound effects I think that's really important and not so much of sound effects but like like we just talked about Vader like voices mm-hmm. like James Earl Jones coming back to do Darth Vader's voice is going to be so iconic it's going to be more seated in your memory And it'll trigger that nostalgia and it'll trigger that, like, oh, that excitement. Um, Same thing with, like, when Peter Cullen did Optimus Prime. Yeah. Like, they could have got any A-list actor and attached it to him and be like, oh, yeah, we got Anthony Hopkins to do Optimus Prime's voice. And be like, oh, that's a big budget name. That's going to draw people in. Be like, oh, Anthony Hopkins was in this movie. But, like, Peter Cullen is Optimus Prime. Yeah. You know, It, it would be like, I mean... You couldn't really do it unless it was animated, but it would just be like Kevin Conroy doing Batman, like what, what, yeah. Which the, side note, which makes it weird that they didn't get Frank Welker in to do
0: all the the like you know Megatron and stuff. Frank Welker does like voice. I know, voice. but it's like I'm pretty was, sure he did my voice at some yeah, point. Yeah, probably he's probably my voice right now. He took yeah. a better my voice than I ever. We're will. not yeah.
1: even here right now. Yeah, We're right. still celebrating the Cavs championship. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Frank Welker and Wal and Joe DiMaggio no, was or John DiMaggio, Billy, Billy West, Billy like, West. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're doing. They're just sitting here doing our voices. Yeah.
0: Um but anyway, I just feel like the Ghostbuster song it's like like I want to watch this movie without any prejudgment of what I love yeah. about the original, but it's like they're starting to hit me with it and I'm like, just back just just don't do Certain that. Certain
1: things make me know. Like I, the more this comes out, the more I'm worried that the Statue of Liberty is gonna start moving and it's be like, <laughs> no, we did that, don't do it again. Well the other thing that kills me too is that Fallout Boy did um a song
0: for the Big Hero Six soundtrack called Immortals. That's a really fun, good song. That has nothing to really do with the movie, but it's a good movie song with it. And it's like, Fallout Boy, you guys you guys could do better, you know? And it's just it felt I just even though we know that the original song was basically um I Want a New Drug yeah. by Huey Lewis. That was just kind of ripped off. <laughs> I like I made the joke today where someone's like, The new song's horrible. I was like, What Huey Lewis song did they use as the basis of it? And no one responded to me when I said that. I was like, <laughs> I thought that was an apt comment.
1: You See, know, but, and like I never I don't ever think that was like unofficial, but like when somebody says no, that, they, it's... there was plagiarism. Like they actually, oh were they? They, they, yeah, it? they actually
0: brought a lawsuit about that.
1: But you could totally, you could totally hear that over top of like who you gonna call?
0: Yeah, right. So anyway, like the original song isn't that great. It's it's iconic. It's not great. And now people are going to be like, it's not as good as the original. Like, really? Was the original that good? No, like,
1: it's terrible. <laughs> it's iconic, but it's a terrible song. It's like I said when we were talking about it. It's like you don't go to a party and somebody's like, yeah, man, you got that Ray Parker Jr. soundtrack? Be like, yeah, man. Yeah. I'll Throw this on. Be like, I have all his albums. <laughs> we're going to listen to that and have a good time.
0: Yeah, right. So anyway, that's that, that'll do it for that. Um, Overheads.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Walking through the mall. Is this Ghostbusters? Why yeah, this, this Ghostbusters? is
0: amazing. <laughs> um, no. That, that should do it for, for news that we have here. here. Uh, just real quick, birthdays today. Uh, Joss Whedon's birthday is, is today. Yay. Uh, I Avengers. Hope, yeah. It, I, hope, I hope you come back out in public sometime Buffy, soon. Firefly. Because I know you got really kind of upset he about. He doesn't he, ever need to leave public. Yeah. But he kind of went away for a bit after Age of Ultron. He was like, I'm kind of done with social media for a while. I'd go away if I had that much money, too. Yeah. And then uh, Aaron Ruel um, is his birthday today as well. And you're going to be like, who's that? That's Kip Dynamite. That was the older brother of uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Really? Yeah, you remember Kip? I do. Yeah, so that was Aaron Ruel. Anyway, I just I just remember I, like I I enjoyed him a lot in that movie, like you know sitting on his Kip phone, was a good character. talking to LaFonda, you know, getting all gangster. Anyway, hey. so all right, that's it for news. Um, went long, much like the cash parade yesterday. It went long. Yeah, and there's no barriers blocking us right now. So if you want to come up and touch us, that's yeah, fine. We'll <laughs>
1: sign autographs and stuff.
0: Yeah. And now for our feature
1: presentation. <laughs>
0: Invasions, invasions of not the podcast.
1: Yeah. So, and this, uh, you know, I got a, I got a shout out because one of our, our, one of our listeners was like, you know, we, we asked you guys. We said, hey, like, do you have any ideas for shows? You know, and we did get some feedback. And you know, one of them was, you know, hey, you guys should do an alien invasion show. Guys are invasion podcast. I'm like, it's an excellent idea. Yeah. And I didn't jump all over it at first because when I brought it up to Paul, I was like, you know, let's pair it up with something. And Independence Day Resurgence is coming out, so we kind of saved it for that. And sure enough, that movie's going to be out tomorrow, yeah. um, or probably right now because they <laughs> release everything on Thursdays. Uh so Alien Invasion movies have always been like I always talk about how I hate disaster movies, and well, I thought that somebody was walking right by the window. And there were a couple of touch you. Yeah, like, I was like, like, yeah, I was like, oh my barrier. god, yeah the, <laughs> yeah, the parade people are here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, but uh, I always compl- I always talk about how I don't like disaster movies. Like I don't like you know Day After Tomorrow, uh, Twister, um, San Andreas. Like I'm not a big fan of just watching like the Earth go. Like screw you, humans. You I know? loved Twister in the
0: theater the first time I saw it. and I think it's because of the the stereo system, the the sound system in the theater. Well, you know,
1: Twister is a little bit different because Twister is more centralized. It's not the end of the world. It's yeah. just
0: like it's just Bill Paxton
1: being an this, idiot. This wind's out of control. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I'm trying to think of the other movies. Uh, um, uh, We're going to Ar- make Heldon a sex symbol, Ar- by the way. <laughs> oh, geez. Armageddon. Yeah. Uh, what's the other movies? Well, you had Volcano,
0: Dante's Peak, Armageddon, Day Tomorrow. See. Um, what else do we have there? That's how uh, unmemorable they are to uh, me. You know, Sharknado. But um, those
1: are end of the worlds. But alien invasion movies are, like Independence Day, are a different breed of end of the world. I think... yeah. I think one of the coolest thing about alien invasion movies, um, or even it doesn't even have to be invasion movies into Earth. It could always be we could go up there and they could come mess with us. Because uh, like like Starship Troopers is an alien invasion movie. That was kind of us picking a fight, and then they we were, did like, they, pick yeah, a fight. Yeah, and then like, did we pick you. a fight, or did they like shoot their spores into space? I. It's
0: been a long time since I've seen
1: that. So. I don't remember, but um, they're but, wrong and we're right. But like, uh, and, and 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 you know. A lot of people probably won't agree with me on this, but like alien vision movies are a lot like zombie movies, in a sense that the aliens are the antagonists, but human. But it's basically a, 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 an excuse to write a story and reflect on humanity, yeah. Because you basically are given. Like a massively dangerous adversity like aliens or zombies. And then the story is compelling enough of how humanity re- reacts and reflects.
0: Well, well, let me drop some knowledge on you. Here. Oh, That's okay. funny that you mentioned that. So I started a little bit of research today. I was thinking about I was trying to like, like, what's the first real invasion story? And that is War of the world's the one that we all know. H.G. Wells, yeah. uh, published in 1898. Um, this really 1898. Yeah. Um, it started started being written 1895. And so th- the funny thing is, though, this is actually part of a subgenre called invasion literature. So I kind of fell down a rabbit hole where there was a book written in 1871. And this is the greatest name ever. And I'm sure this means something different now than it did then called the Battle of Dorking. Like and it was this whole like what if of this was in, in, in England about an unseen enemy, unknown enemy that had a German accent that came and invaded England. And then how like the like it was all like devastated and how like the people were caught unaware of like the superior foe. And it like it caught like wildfire because there's all these tensions of that time of being invaded. And so I also found another subgenre of that too before technology became a big, big thing, um, France had developed hot air balloons. And so there was all these all these stories written about um, these invasions of French airships coming across and taking over, and so everyone was afraid of hot air balloons for a while. Huh. I think that's kind of funny. That is, funny. Um, but there was a whole big genre that sold really well up until like World War II of just invasion literature. And War of the Worlds was like the first, not the first, but like the biggest like sci-fi bent of that, with with the superior, with the enemy that had superior technology, and how the world had to figure out what to do to try to combat it. So I, I think it's interesting you mentioned like the whole putting like what humanity on you know like you know not under a microscope like how are you guys going to react to this.
1: That's yeah, and that's I think what compels a lot of the stories. I mean, it's cool to see the battle of dorking, the battle of dorking, <laughs> and it's cool to see the science fiction portion of it. You know, because like from our, from like our nerd and our geek perspective, we always love to see the technology the aliens have, or like maybe the aliens are like like xenomorphs and 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 they 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 look really H.R. Geiger cool like but like the story that really grips most people and 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 grab and grabs a lot of people that aren't sci-fi fans that want to go see these movies are, are they want to see what humanity does and, and 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 somehow in the third act we always triumph some way well i think now especially independence day with this new one
0: and the original one which i saw that in the theater as well and i think again it's one of those ones where i think the sound system at the time was like they upgraded to that THX big yeah. big big sound. That, like, I'm sure that was around before that, but that's the first movie I remember. Like, just like just knocking me on my ass watching it, and I thought the movie was amazing the first time I saw it. Second time, not so much. First time, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Um. There's something to be said about science fiction and invasion stories where it's easy for all of us to rally around the idea that there is an enemy that we don't know and we know is out outright bad for us for us to rally and fight it as a whole when now we're in a world in which there's so many different shades of of gray and there's so many lines between good and bad that if you just put humanity versus something everyone's like you know what you and I have our differences but we got to stop that guy and that's I think that's why people rally around that because it's like it's easy for us to cheer for people as opposed to against
1: somebody else. Well, I also think it's really interesting, like, the way that a lot of stories are written. If you look at them in a social commentary aspect of, like, aliens are us, and a lot of times we we oppress something else because we want something. Yeah, like District 9. District 9's an excellent example because, like, I thought District 9 was probably – and it's not even an invasion movie –
0: well, it, 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 it kind of looks like it is on the surface when you first hear the story of what happened with the ship, because these guys kind of show up and everyone's like expecting the worst and they're all hurting yeah. and they're all kind of like, hey, we weren't the smart ones. We were just leftovers on the ship. Can you please help us? Like they were like steerage, it, right? Like, like they're the Titanic people that survived.
1: And I think that's one of the most fantastic things. Like I didn't like District nine. As much of a movie as I did as a, a concept and a story. And that That's doesn't fair. make sense, I guess you could say. But to write an alien invasion movie that centers around alien refugees that are not trying to take over the Earth but are stuck on our planet. And, and how we treat them. And how we treat them. It, 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 it's it's the It's looking into the mirror about yeah. how we treat ourselves with refugees and things like that. And it was fascinating to see a movie... Do something like that with science fiction, and then like how they had Charlton Copley's uh, character kind of become one of them. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very kind of cool. Like you know, the almost I don't want to say uh, uh, dances Wolvish, but <laughs> basically throwing him into the mix and becoming one of them who was once one of us. Yeah, well, I mean, and for Neil Blomkamp,
0: who was from South South Africa, for him to say, you know what, I have this cool idea for a science fiction story, but I also Want to shoot in an area and make a story in an area that has experiences up and even still now, like that was a really big gamble for them to to put the money behind that because usually uh, usually American audiences if it's not set in America people don't necessarily care about the story for some reason right but yeah. that was a big I thought that was like for me it almost helped um amplify the story because it's a different country and seeing how they like it was just almost like like getting a whole different worldview of mm-hmm. how this is what would happen. And and District Nine I have that in my list here of like kind of like how invasion movies have become and we've talked about this before on different genres on the show about how they 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 mirror the times. So, like, we talked about, like, our Battle of Dorking, how that was more about this, like, anxiousness about invasions. And then you go through World War II, and then the Red Scare happened, and a lot of the invasion movies at that point were about assimilation and about taking over, like... um, Body snatchers. Body snatchers. That's what I was going to bring up exactly, where it's, like, you give up free will and choice to join the mob. Mm -hmm. And that's a very terrifying idea, you know? And then that became, like, a big theme. And it's even something that still runs through stuff today. But, like, that was, like, that at the time was... People were worried that, like, that they'd lose their sense of self, you know, and that became, like, it's, it's very interesting to see how, like, you know, how that paralleled communism or the fear of communism so much, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now it's more like Independence Day is all about the rah, rah, we did it.
1: A lot of it's more technology, I think, based. Yeah. Like, if you look at, um, uh, I'm trying to think of like some more recent alien invasion type movies. Well,
0: you had Battleship, which that was like that's more of a game, a board game movie though, but that was kind of like But even that, that was
1: but it well no, that was like Transformers and Independence Day in the water. Oh yeah. But that that again, that was another technological heavy. Yeah. Uh, um movie like like I I I you know, even if you go back to War of the Worlds where, you know, they were technologically superior, the I guess the visuals of it and the explanation of it really wasn't as as prominent as as it is now, you know, with, like, how they're able to do this. They can, like, in a movie, they can explain. They're like, oh, well, they're able to, to do this with their, yeah. their technology, and we can't. How can they do that? You know, whereas in War of the Worlds, it would just be like, a light comes out of that stalk. You're dead. Yeah. You know, we know it's more powerful than what we have, but, you know, how does that work? Um I'm trying to think what is uh Battlefield LA, I think, or Battle was it Battle? Battle of Los Angeles. Battle of Los Angeles. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad, and I heard that was supposed to be part of a trilogy, but it kind of fell apart. Yeah.
0: Um like it was it did the thing like um in a lot this I guess we're gonna get to like the tropes idea of like the invasion movies where always superior technology, always catch us unawares. Um, even though you always have like this two or three crackpots that know what's going on that no one will listen to until it's too late. But the aliens always have like a discernible weakness, like a video game that we can then exploit because humans may not be better technology wise or like you know, technological wise. But we all rally together and just have this determination. And that seems to always be the undoing of every alien species
1: is that we're just more determined. Damn it.
0: But for some uh, reason, they could they can fly around and shoot lasers, a little but we're bit more determined. It, like,
1: I mean, some movies, not so much like look, look at look uh Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, like that—that that was almost like a pure luck thing. We totally would have lost if that—if Tom Cruise had not killed that specific alien the specific way he did. The
0: way you say that, that makes it sound like Tom Cruise actually did this, and I believe Tom Cruise thinks he actually did this. He probably
1: did. <laughs> I, I, I believe Tom Cruise would do that. But and then, um, like what else was another one that I was just thinking of that came out? Like that's a good invasion one though, because they—they they had they had, was, they had the um, advantage,
0: and then their own technology
1: got to us, and we were able to use it against them. Um. Jeez, I just I just had the other one on top my tongue. I can't remember. Okay, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is going to kill me now. It's like that's all. R- more it's recent time. one? Yeah, it was more recent one. Oh. I don't. I have yeah. no idea. Uh, but it did not matter. But we're
0: talking about like you. You're talking about the technology, or you're talking about the weakness, the exposing exposing of weaknesses. Because well,
1: I'm talking about the technology, okay. uh, like you know, because it, it does definitely center around like you know what they can do, what we can do.
0: Yeah, well, and then, but then you also have, like, um, I'm going to mention a couple other good ones here. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff that happened in the 80s with Invasion films that was more assimilation-based or more like you have um, They Live with uh, Roddy Piper, uh, John Carpenter
1: movie. That, that's got to be one of my... And not just as an alien movie, but I think, you know, again, as as a social commentary about how
0: consumerism and online
1: and being and
0: being willfully blind Mm -hmm. because you put the sunglasses on, see all the messages of obey and and how these aliens would find like high like people in high positions to take over. And so they could slowly affect the world around them. Like it was like the kind of like the it's happening so gradually don't even notice it, you know, like that. And then remember that movie, The Arrival with Charlie Sheen? that was out like uh mid 90s no it's a whole thing too where like you find out these aliens are there that they're um they're causing like they're causing climate change so that they can be more in line with their home world there's this whole big conspiracy and it was actually mm. had like a message back then of like watch out for the world but also could be aliens and charlie sheen's the rational one it was a really weird mix of messages there it was a yeah yeah i don't remember that one uh do you remember um Let's see. Here, what else I had here? I had um Alienation, That was the movie that became the TV series. Yes. We're talking about refugees, yeah, and that's, living among society.
1: That's another one, and I thought that was I thought that was a really interesting concept before its time, before District Nine. Yeah, um, because it was like a coexistence thing. Yeah, and um, the movie I don't remember.
0: I don't remember the movie. much. I remember, I remember the, the, TV the TV show more
1: because yeah. I feel like the movie I watched once, and then I just kind of picked it up and followed T V show. Like biggest thing I remember that was I think they were like like salt water was like acid to them.
0: Yeah, that would kill them. Uh, spoiled milk would get them drunk. Yeah. Um they had like so it was like these weird like things that like um that we would take for granted would just cause different reactions and they all had to learn mm-hmm. to live amongst us and, and back and forth. And also uh, there's this whole big running joke about how all of them were given the names of like literary figures or celebrities that were now dead because they because the names had to like you know they had to have new names for everybody. Sarah yeah. so, ever so often you'd be like, This is Rudyard Kipling. It's like that's not Rudyard Kipling. Yeah. Or this is Marilyn Monroe. It was like a weird, like so there's always a running joke of like these all have like famous names names Famous you know names. so yeah um yeah it's and I, what else did i have here too a there's, lot of tv
1: yeah. shows like so now that i think about it, a lot there's quite a few tv shows that center on like alien invasions you have falling skies recently yeah um there's that movie the movie the tv show
0: the colony that's on usa right now
1: the colony um uh uh, uh v i
0: have v written down I yeah was v and that, they yeah.
1: did the original i remember watching the original v when i was a kid the original miniseries was a tv event
0: and It was a big deal at the time. had your had a younger Robert England in it, yeah, playing Willie. That was his name as an alien. Yeah, was he was kind of
1: like the nice, the one that didn't the want one to, yeah. that didn't want to hurt everybody. But it was like it and and I think like because when V came out, this ties back to like the the fear of communism because it was like you had. You had these aliens that showed up, and everybody's your friend, but are they really your friend? You don't know.
0: And, and the bright red banners with the black yep. black logos, and how yep. they all dress the same, and it was like, like, um, oh, we we promise you all this uh, energy. We just need all your water. It's like what? Like it's just like just don't look at that. Yeah. Also, we're secretly reptiles underneath the skin. That's not important though. And we eat rats. And yeah. we eat people. You yeah. Know, but was Christy Alley in that? Um, Who's
1: the? Was
0: it no? It wasn't Christy Alley. I feel like there was... I just remember Robert England. that's it. Maybe Kirstie Alley. There Probably was like not. a
1: lead... Well, because there's like a lead female character who Deadpool's girlfriend played in the remake. Oh, and, the TV series. Yeah, in yeah. the TV series. I can't remember. I, yeah, it's been a long yeah. time.
0: So, um, but uh, I guess with this with this Independence Day resurgence, uh, to kind of like... Because I, I, we, we're going to talk about favorite aliens here in a second, so I figured it'd be a fun way to, to to wrap everything up eventually here. Uh, were you ever just sitting around going, you know, I really would like a sequel to Independence Day.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, because I feel like, like a lot of times, like we talked about how, like in the third act, the humans are always just like, yeah, we won. Yeah, like if we had sent like let's say a small, ar- I don't want to say armada, a small like mission size group over to a planet we knew where the planet was clearly, and we're like earth's dying we got to go there and get resources i don't care what stops us it's either them or us and then we sent them and then they got eradicated there's no way we would just be like ah well we lost like no we would go back there and so
0: so you're talking about the pandora problem with avatar where it's like all the humans went away we sent them
1: packing they're coming back right that's a ba- yeah exactly like you're gonna get avatar resurgence in like a couple of years oh but yeah like like i like I, I think after i saw the movie i didn't instantly think this but after like a year or two i was thinking about independence day and i'm just like those aliens are gonna come back there's no way they were just like man that was all we had right there <laughs> it's like how did how did that that apple laptop
0: defeat us then even though its it's technology didn't match ours whatsoever right yeah yeah uh, but it
1: took Jeff Goldblum
0: explaining everything to make it all better, uh, well no,
1: they had they had apple Apple in their things, probably that's why because <laughs> yeah. everything's a great ecology with Apple, <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> like, they probably, somebody up there was probably watching Apple TV and that's how it connected and they were just like, oh <laughs> oh apparently they had apparently, Apple apparently TV yeah. Apple TV back in the nineties and we didn't have it yet.
0: we didn't realize Steve Jobs was the first wave we didn't know yeah. that um so like I don't know when they announced the sequel, I'm like, okay we'll, we'll, like Why like why now? And is it going to be interesting? But then when I saw that their their take is that they use the tech, and we've made ourselves better, I was actually kind of excited for that take on it because it's like it wasn't a it wasn't like today's time where we're at now. It was this is a world that's diverted off with using this alien tech to become a superpower,
1: and it does make complete sense. Which I don't think they ever do anytime they tend to push things forward where. We've done a sci-fi movie, but then we do a sequel to it where it's like we fought something that had better technology. They never show, like, well, we reverse engineered this from the technology that we took from them. Yeah. But then then again, you get the feeling it's like, oh,
0: they're coming with bigger and badder now. It's like, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It just feels like I just worry that this is going to be the same movie over again. And I don't know how you end it any differently, though. Like, how do you end it where it's, like, the aliens win, so, like, the third time, winner takes all? Like, what is that? Like, yeah. you don't really do that.
1: Yeah, you're right. But That's the same thing with, like, disaster movies. Like, you know, it's, like, I watch San Andreas, and it's, like, okay, everything's going to fall apart. This isn't going to be any different than um, 2012. Yeah. You know? I mean, so, I just, so, I don't know. I was
0: just curious about your take. I'm excited for Jeff Goldblum. It seems like the older he gets, like, the cooler he gets. Yeah. I don't know how that – how is that possible? It's just, like – Oh, you're still awesome, and Judd Hirsch is still around too. Playing, I his couldn't dad. believe they
1: got Judd Hirsch back for that. I know, like, <laughs> and poor Will Smith. Will Smith dies it. of character dies of cancer, but Judd Hirsch is still kicking with them cigars. Yeah,
0: right. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm on a bubble about this. Hopefully, like, it's I haven't read too many reviews of it yet. Um, not that that dictates if I go see a movie or not. But I,
1: yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I I'm not gonna rush out to see it this weekend, but I might I might catch it. Like, you know, I think I'm actually off Independence Day weekend. And maybe that's how I'll help, or not weekend week the Oh wow! I, I always take that week off, and um maybe like one day when I'm not doing anything, I'll go see it by myself, like Ninja Turtles.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'd just be like, oh I'm oh I'm all alone. All I guess alone so this this just yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so um
0: maybe we've already hit across this, but some of your favorite invasion alien invasion movies. We have we already kind of went over
1: all those, or is there something else that we're forgetting about? Um, um alien, but, but, alien invasion movie. Uh, Slither. Yes, that's a good, that's Slither, a great one. Slither's a great. And, uh, James Gunn, one I mean, of James Gunn's best movies. You guys, uh, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, did Slither, which was a remake, technically of Night of the Creepers. Which yeah, have kinda. you ever seen Night of the Creepers? I've seen Night of the, uh, Night, Yeah, I've seen Night of
0: the Creeps. Night of the Creeps. Yeah, I've seen that with Mister uh, Mister Atkinson, where he's just like thrill me. You know, he's yeah. always on the phone. He has a shotgun. Yeah,
1: yeah. That that movie scared the crap out of me. Yeah, because I don't know why, but the, basically those little tiny slugs because in, in Slither the, the slugs were bigger. But in Night of the Creeps, they were probably about the size of like normal slugs, if not like maybe two inches long at most. Yeah. But those things would just like you would just be talking and like one would like fly off of the ground into your mouth and then <laughs> boom, creeps got you. Like, yep. And I was terrified as a kid. Like I remember there was like one scene where uh, I want to say it was that guy. No, no, it wasn't that guy. Um, I think it was like one of the cops, and they were like guarding one of the, the campus dorms because it took place on like a dorm or yeah, like you're like right. a college yeah. campus. And um, they were guarding because like nobody knew what was going on. They just thought everybody was going crazy and attacking people. And it was yeah. really these slugs turning people into zombies and controlling them. And um, uh, this guy's standing guard, and this little poodle comes running up. And he's like, get out of here, dog. He's like, what are you lost? And the dog just like opens its mouth and one of the slugs shoots out into the guy's mouth. And I was like, oh, no, they're using the dogs to carry him around. I'm like, you can't get away from the slugs. Oh, but yeah, Slither was great. But neither creeps is good. Slither.
0: I love Slither because it is creepy and disgusting and funny. Yeah. And it's like I mean that's like it's a good invasion movie in the sense that it has the hive mind. Uh, Michael Rooker's kind of like the the the, the main guy behind it all, um, and he is such a good like creepy guy. That you just like just as he descends into alienness, he keeps getting otter and otter, and it's so much fun. He a like, v- uh,
1: very like reminiscent of uh D'Onofrio in, in Men in Black One,
0: yeah. It's like, yeah, the whole thing where he has is his SUV, his Escalade full of raw meat that he bought from the supermarket. He's just dragging it in the house, yeah, and he's just like, Meat. Like, I love that. It's so good. But Nathan Fillion, like, he needs to be the action star of all of all those movies. Like, so good.
1: Um, I'm like, I'm really nervous that Nathan Fillion's going to hit a point in his life where no one in Hollywood is going to be like, like, we should just not use Nathan Fillion because he's too old now. But like, I, I just I don't know. I feel like Nathan Philian so underutilized like most people.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm just trying to think, of, like, off the top of my head, my favorite alien invasion movies. I mean, technically, like, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Thing. It's the remake of John Carpenter's... I mean, sorry, that's an alien the, invasion well, movie. Well, remake of Who Goes There. Yeah, that is an alien invasion movie, but it's isolated. I love that. But the alien itself has intelligence, but you don't really hear... It's motive. It's just more of an organism as opposed to, like, a race that, like, a lot of, like, and like alienation, not alienation, Independence Day is a race that is specifically race, yeah. trying to take over. Well, I think, like, know?
1: the more successful ones like that, like the blob. The blob yeah. is is just one blob, but it, it, and it's not evil in any sense. The blob is just essentially an amoeba. Yeah, it's just an and organism that it just wants it, to consume. It's yeah. a giant amoeba that wants to consume. You know, there's nothing that it's not trying to be like, huh, you know, I'm going to mess up your buildings and destroy all humanity. And it's like, and you kind of just need to eat like everything else does. Yeah. So. So, um, but uh, anyway, so the, uh, I guess uh, I
0: guess we'll just leave it to you guys because um, we, we went over some of what we liked, like uh, the themes, uh, tropes. I mean, obviously, like we talked about, you always have the people that aren't being believed by anybody that are right. Um the one time in life they're right. Like every other time they're crazy about everything else, but they have to be right about that one thing that
1: There's happens. There's always somebody who's just like something weird's going on. You know. Oh, oh, I know what my favorite alien invasion movie is, Critters. Kill crates. Yeah, critters. Uh, critters was like one of the first I want to say horror movies I saw when I was like six and it scarred me for life. Yes. Like, it was because like they're so small yeah and they're nothing but fur
0: and teeth Vicious and yeah and,
1: teeth. And, and then they have quills they shoot at you yeah and like as a six-year-old i'm like man i don't know what to do up against that and like, then they
0: could all get together form a big ball and roll uh-huh. over people it's like yeah, yeah. it's a uh, yep yeah. and,
1: and and it's funny because it's like it's like oh that's my favorite alien invasion movie of all time i'm like it, it made me terrified like <laughs> but that's how you know it's good
0: yeah so um uh, but yeah anyway so like I just trying to think of everything we're missing about invasion movies I mean like the, there's the fear of of becoming like them All, also the fear of abduction like that's also a big thing like fire in the sky mm-hmm. that was um I that's, don't think... that, that's not really an invasion movie that's more of like a, just abduction in general
1: I saw it. yeah abduction movies are not like invasions but they're they're pretty close but those are pretty yeah, I th- I feel like those those type of movies don't try to be as scary or as thrilling as as they come out to be, mm-hmm. like I feel like they kind of like like to make you think of the unknown versus making you terrified of the unknown. But then it makes you terrified. Yeah, like I saw when I was a kid too. I remember seeing Communion with Christopher Walken. Oh, and I couldn't sleep for like a year after I saw that movie. <laughs> like, like I literally was like paranoid. They were coming to get me. Because, like, I remember watching that movie and, like, it's like Christopher Walken would, like, go to a retreat in the woods with his family. He had a cabin. And the aliens would come and abduct him. And he would wake up and, like, there would always be, like, the light. The light would, like, shine in through the windows. And I don't know how everybody else didn't wake up. But um, (laughs) Christopher Walken woke up. And I remember him sitting in a chair in his bedroom and his wife sitting next to him. And then, like, he's just kind of sitting there, like, like, minding his own business. Like, he's just, like, like he can't go to sleep. And mm-hmm. he's just thinking. And then he sees something. Like, you see his face. He, like, sees something. And then the camera kind of pans. And you just see, like, you know, the grays. Like, they're, you know, the yeah. aliens, the grays. You see, like, half of one's face just kind of doing a little peek around the corner. And I, that, that <laughs> image, like, to this day gives me chills. And I don't know why. Because, like, when I saw that. I remember, like, like for the like for the next like six months, every time I go to bed, like I would always like wake up and be, please don't let there be one looking around the door, please don't let there, you know, it's yeah. just like and and but those movies I don't think were really designed to be that terrifying, like that terrified me more than critters. Yeah. I was like, I hope there are critters under the bed because then they could just eat that guy. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny. Um... So, uh, yeah, just uh, please let us know on our social media. Um, we have our Facebook page, Invasion of the Podcast. Our Twitter is Invading Podcast. Uh, and our Gmail is InvadingPodcast at gmail.com. Let us know about your favorite Invasion movies. Um, if there's something that we missed, I'm sure there is. There's plenty here. Like, well, there's too much. Like the one I was going to mention here real quick is uh, The Hidden, which is from 1987. It has Kyle MacLachlan in it. Um, I did not know about this movie until a friend of mine showed it to me. It is it is awesome like the opening sequence is of the video from a bank right like so it's black and white tell the screen of a bank you see a guy just walk in just like as if he like you know, own the place and just like smile on his face goes in to start shooting everybody in the bank grabs the money looks at the camera and smiles and walks out and gets in his car and puts a heavy metal tape in and just drives away and the cops chase him and it's so such a crazy opening. And it's like it's just it, and I don't want to even it's give an, away what's going on. Okay, it's I mean it's an alien invasion movie in, in, in a couple ways, but okay. the first like 15 minutes of this is like so bad crazy. Of like, did that guy just do that? What is going on? And it's so it's such a cool movie. Like. The effects are a little, a little wonky because it's lower budget, but Kyle McLaughlin is like the good guy cop, and it's like awesome seeing him, like especially now because I love Portlandia and just, I love Kyle McLaughlin, but seeing him really young and playing, just like this guy trying to figure out, like he's been tracking this this, uh, this guy from state to state, and it's like, it's a good flick. Um, so, I, yeah, it's called The Hidden. It's from the 80s. Check it out. I, I love it. So, that's going to be my recommendation. Um, and real quick before we get to our game, I have a confession to make, uh, and this is my confession to the science slasher, uh, Mr. Steve King. And, and oh, yeah,
1: if he didn't kill you, he's totally gonna kill you now.
0: Um, last week, uh, Wheel of Death, where we uh, landed on Hush. Joe has seen it. I did not see it. I don't <laughs> know if you guys heard the beginning of the show about all the Cleveland stuff going on. I've had I've had a busy weekend. Yeah.
1: I yeah, I think I watched it like a day or two after we did the show because I was like, I know if I don't get this out the way, I'll never get to it. Yeah. But um. So I sat down and watched Hush, uh, and, and and you know when we had we had rolled the wheel, and we had chosen it. I did. I was like, I was like, this feels like cheating because like, it's one you want. You kind of wanted to watch. Kind of want to watch, and I still want you to kind of watch it. Because no, I do. I will watch it. We'll have to talk about it, but
0: so I just I apologize um, to Steve and I apologize to the slasher. I know he wants to get me and he'll get me good next week. So I so, I told I told Joe that we need additional punishment for me.
1: Yes. So. We're going to set up a poll on our Facebook page, so we want you guys to vote what Paul's going to watch, because he did not watch Hush. He's still going to watch Hush. I'll still watch Hush. But he's going to watch something else.
0: We'll put like three movies up there. Uh, I've mentioned one of them to Joe already. I do not want to watch it whatsoever. But I said I throw myself at the mercy, and well, maybe at the mercy. It's punishment. So I don't know why I keep going back to this guy's, uh, you know, filmography for punishment. But that's yeah, we'll, we'll leave um, it for that.
1: No, but I enjoyed Hush. I, I I thought it was. There were parts of it that I really enjoyed. There were parts of it I was just kind of like, eh, like why is this happening? What you know? Um, but it's it basically is about a a, a writer who has retreated to the, cab, uh, the cabin in the woods that she she owns or she rented. And it's not completely secluded. Like, she has a couple neighbors that are, like, within a short walking distance. So it's not like, you know, she, she's completely away from everything. Um, but she's deaf. And that's really the key kind of, like, focal point. So she's trying to finish her last novel. Um, she can't talk also. She can just sign. Uh, she lost her uh, ability to hear and speak when I think she was, like, really young. But um, she... Uh, it opens with her cooking dinner, and her friend comes over to visit her, and then, like, I don't know. I know I you're going to watch it. Here, I don't, like, Do you know why they are called spoilers? Yeah, don't ruin it for me. No, like, I well, want to watch it. I know. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, then, like, so, you know, after she comes over, she let her borrow a book, and then she her friend goes back to her house, her neighbor, and then she's cleaning up her dinner later in the night, and her friend comes running up to the the, the back porch door, like, all bloody, banging on the door while she's doing the dishes and she can't hear her.
0: Oh, see, and, yeah,
1: this, I, so, I will watch this,
0: so this, sound, this sounds yeah. interesting, but we're going to put a poll up on, on the website, uh, website on so, the Facebook yeah, we'll, page. Yeah.
1: We'll talk about Hush once Paul has seen it, because yeah. like, Paul's kind of like, oh, this sounds interesting now. But there yeah. were just like certain things where I'm just like, you know, and, and the killer does tease her. He knows she can't hear. Okay. So that's kind of where it comes in. Like, he's going to have some fun now that he knows that this is easy prey. So. It's just like he's holding maracas the entire time. Yeah, he's tambourine. like, "Well, you don't know where I am." Yeah. I'm yeah, at. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so,
0: um, but yeah, I thought we'd wrap up wrap up the show with uh, we haven't done a top ten for a bit. So in honor of uh, Independence Day resurgence and aliens in general, we're going to do uh, our top ten favorite aliens, like uh, like uh, you know, individuals. Yeah. Nano nano. Yeah, so that was a loud, more intro there. So Nando Nanu. nanu. Uh, so, so
1: how do we want to do this? Do so we go back and forth?
0: We can go back and forth. Like mine, I like. I kind of have an order. It's not a big deal. These are just ones I like. So okay. Yeah. So um. Yeah.
1: My number ten is Doctor Zoidberg.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Oh, uh, is yeah. that the one you're going to be like, Paul? If you don't think of that. No, no, okay. uh,
1: no. That's so. that's a good
0: one. I I have a Futurama character as well, but not that I, one.
1: There there's so many Futurama yeah. characters. I was just like, who you know, because. I'm trying to think of what are some other good aliens, but, like, Zoidberg has got to be the biggest standout alien. He is the best one. Like, Leela's... No, no, Leela's She's not an alien. She's not an alien. She's technically a mutant. Yeah. But yeah,
0: um, so my number ten, just because we mentioned Alien Nation is a uh, Sam Francisco. That was the the name of the main alien. Yep. That with, with the he was the cop, so he was Sam Francisco.
1: His psychic his Sam yeah. Francisco. So I
0: liked because he was always very like he wanted to fit in, but he also had like a sense of like you know his his self and mm-hmm. his uh, his his you know his his people you know. But he was really really trying to be a human as well, or act like fit in with humanity. It was it's an interesting show. If you guys get a chance, check it out.
1: Uh, my number nine was Rocket. It's uh, a good one. So, yeah. like, I, I knew some of the Guardians of the Galaxy had to jump in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, And I got to say, like, even before I started reading Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, I actually got introduced to Rocket from Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Like, they added him as a character. And okay. I thought he was a Capcom character because he was so, like, cartoony. Yeah. And I'm just like, who's this guy from Capcom? So I started to I'm like, he's a Marvel character? <laughs> and I'm like, he, this dude is, like, kind of, like, a little over the top. He blows all this stuff up. And I was always really kind of disappointed, and I know they probably couldn't get away with it with Disney and Marvel in a PG-13 movie, but it's, like, he always would say, Blam murdered you whenever he would just start going <laughs> on a shooting spree. So did he have a British accent in that game? Uh, yes, he did okay. have, like, an accent. Like, whenever they... Well, like, with Bradley Cooper doing his voice, like, he does a really good job, but, like... Like whenever Marvel, whenever you read comic books, sometimes they change the way that word bubbles look, mm-hmm. and that usually indicates that the person's voice is a, lo- a lot different than a normal person sounding voice. And Rocket, Rockets like that, Deadpool's like that. But but um, Rocket,
0: like in the the what was it the, the, the Marvel game. Avengers Alliance or Avengers symbol cartoon that was yeah. out a couple years ago, British voice and the games British. He's he's been a British character because it's it's a it was a um a play off of a a Beatles song. Okay. Like so, yeah. That was um. So that's why the Rocket Raccoon was originally. I know he was inspired by. I think it was just a joke about the Beatles. I didn't oh, know if you. Yeah, I there you go. Some know knowledge. Um, okay, number nine for me. I, they don't have actual names, but the Moon Knights from Aquatic Hunger oh, Force. Oh, those are so damn. Like I know we want to come up with names, but it's like there's just two of them. No, so they it's the have moon, names. All oh, they do. They oh, ignore right. Okay, that's right. Okay, but the, 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 both of them, I like them. Oh my god. I like their slow firing gun. I like the flip off <laughs> people, and yeah, yeah, yeah they're the Moon Knights. So it's the
1: best. <laughs> I love the Moon and Nights. <laughs> Damn. I should have had the Moon and Nights on my list now. Um Number who am I what am I on? Eight. Yeah. Number eight, I have Lelou Dallas from That's a good one. From uh, uh Fifth Element. Fifth Element, yeah. yeah. So I love the Fifth Element. Like and the Fifth Element's one of those movies that where it's timeless and it holds up. I hope to God they never go back to it or try to redo anything with it.
0: Only if they remove um Ruby Rod really uh, from that, that i had huh i chris the moment chris tucker shows up in that movie i cannot watch it anymore like I just, there's
1: so many good me. good things about that movie like zog is such a great villain yeah like like I, the
0: first time i saw it like i was like this is like why are people because it was kind of a lukewarm reception when it first came out mm-hmm. and i was like why are people hating on this and i'm like oh now i know why like i just like i just chris tucker's probably really funny and, and other things he just he ruins that movie for me so if there's yeah. a fan edit where he's not in it very very much, like if they Jar or Binks him, like kind of out of it, where you just see him in the background t- time, he could be
1: like an extra when everything's going to hell and he's yeah. like trying to hide. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: fine. All right, so my number eight is Bird Person. From, oh, uh, yeah. I thought, this, I thought that's the Damn, one you Damn, I didn't
1: even think of any uh, Rick and Mortys. and Mortys. I feel really bad now.
0: Okay, I thought that... Because you, you told I, me like, before we put, like, our, put our list together that uh, if I there's one of mine, that I, th- you're going to judge me if I didn't have one. I so don't I thought know that was I the would, one. I would I would choose for, like, Rick and Morty. Crumbopolis Michael, maybe?
1: Yeah, maybe. But uh, I just always thought of Bird Person because, you know, he's awesome and he was loyal. Um, uh, My number seven is who we were kind of talking about, Thanos. Yeah. Thanos is an alien. Uh, he's from Titan, uh, which is a moon. Of Saturn, Um, Saturn. So, um, but he's he's a bad mofo, and I feel like he needed to be on this list. Absolutely.
0: Um, My number seven, just because I thought of it late. uh, The Doctor
1: from Doctor Who. That's who. That's who. That's who you thought was. yeah. Yeah. I was like, Paul, if you don't put the Doctor on here, yeah, so we got problems. He's a Gallifreyan, so he's totally an alien. Yeah, and he's and he's a good one for the most part. Yeah, sometimes a jerk. When he's when he has companions. If he doesn't have companions, he's not really a good one. Uh, number six. I had Erdnot Rex from Mass Effect. Like there were so many characters that are like the Krogans, in in essence. I mean, to me, that type of alien-ish persona, uh, is is like Klingons and orcs. Like yeah, it's, but he,
0: like there's a battle honor. There like, is. There are
1: tribal people, but they settle
0: it through fighting. And if you're a good fighter, you know it's like but, there's a very there's a very. It's, but it's, orcs you know. are like
1: that too, and so are Klingons. Oh no, I, I'm saying that's that's their. Yeah, like, that. it's very, very much like, and, and they're very similar. It's just, it's just like they take kind of different forms, and that, um, uh, I guess that trope of like race, yeah, would is is probably. You know, I could have picked anyone. I could have went with Klingons because Klingons have been a lot more around, lot Ah. Uh, around a lot longer in pop culture yeah. in pop culture you know i could i could have went with warf i know i know one of my friends is a huge warf fan um but like for me rex was always such a fun character to play in mass effect and uh the story of the krogan people was a good story that's
0: a good one um all right my uh my number seven uh we're, no, yeah we're at seven right or six once here so uh, i just did six. Six. Okay. Uh, Centauri from the Last Starfighter, that was the old man, the guy that was recruiting Alex to go with him up to the the, the star base. <sighs> I don't remember the Last Starfighter. And, and it's honestly. like he looks like an old man, but then they're they're riding the star car up there, and you see him. He he, ha- he takes his face off, and he's like kind of like doing something, and then Alex talks to him, he turns around, I see like just a like just a black spot with like two shiny eyes. It just scares the crap out of him. So Centauri believed in humans. No one else believed the humans were capable of flying. Uh, you know, um, the the Starfighters, like, the, that was it. So I thought, I like Centauri because he's like, I believe in those people. So there you go. It's
1: a good dude. Yeah. All right, my number five is Artanis, who is the uh, higher arc of the Protoss, who... I figured you are going to fit some Starcraft here somewhere. I was, and I thought about Kerrigan, but Kerrigan's more of a hybrid. She's not really a full-odd alien. Like, yeah. she was human... And then the Zerg got a hold of her. So I didn't really want to use Kerrigan. Um, but Artanis, it was really tough between, like, if you're going to use a Protoss, it's really tough between Artanis and Zeratul. I think Artanis is more of a stand-up dude. And, like, he, he's he got a good Captain America vibe to him. Like, if Captain America was a Protoss, it would be Artanis. <laughs> Plus, his name is actually Sinatra spelled backwards. There you go. And he has blue eyes, so.
0: All right, so my um, number five, I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, yeah. Beta Ray Bill, that was my Marvel oh, character. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. it's like he is the alien Thor, and I thought that was funny that you mentioned Thanos. I was like, oh, I got a Marvel character as well. That was the <laughs> one I was going to put in there, so. I had Thanos he, and Rocket, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and Rocket as well, so i got to have space,
1: space Thor. Um, number four, I have Chewbacca. There you go. Because, like. Got to have my Star Wars in there, in the top five. Um, Chewie's probably the most iconic Star Wars uh, alien, even more so than Yoda. Yeah. Because, like, everybody, because, I mean, Chewie's Chewie's got one line, or maybe one or two lines. (laughs) Like, he just roars. And, like, he he tends to get over better with the ladies because he looks so cuddly. And he's, like, almost like a big pet yeah so.
0: there you go that's, that's that's a good one um i have for my number four um only star trek i have one here uh, odo from d space nine mm. just because uh he could be anything and he can he's a shape changer uh just uh, he's a, a, a just a puddle of liquid that could take forms and he's an awesome security guard
1: on d space nine yeah he doesn't he doesn't give a shit like i love it it's <laughs> like just, i i wanted to put it like i honestly i don't have any star trek guys on here because like my favorite Star Trek character is technically the Borg, and there's not really other than maybe the Queen and Seven and Nine. You could put Lecuitis which is yeah. which is just Picard. Yeah. It's not really an alien. But like yeah. I I didn't want to put the Borg on there, but But there are hive minds, so does that count? Like it's just like one Borg is all Borg. Okay. No. All right. But, uh but uh what 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 was that number four? Yeah. Uh, number three, I had the doctor. I had him oh, a little higher yeah. up there because, like, I really it just
0: occurred to me as I was writing my list. I'm like, oh shit, the doctor. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I, that's the one. I was like, you better have the doctor on there. Um, but yeah, doctor's an awesome alien. Well, that, so if we go by
0: you have like the th- you have doctor in your third spot, I have it at like my seventh spot. So mm-hmm. is that corresponding to doctors? Like you picked, uh, you have John Pertree as, as your third doctor, and I cannot remember who I had as seven. I don't know. Anyway, seven is why do I know these? Names? That shows you how far I've advanced as a Doctor Who fan that I am starting
1: to remember the actors' names associated. If with the I scene. don't know anyone other, I don't know the numbers. Like I don't. I think Tom Baker was five, right? He's four. Tom Baker's four. Damn it! Why do I so, know that? What's Sylvester McCoy was seven? I think so. Okay. Those are yeah. the
0: only two I know. And Paul McGann was eight because Eccleston was nine, right? Ecc- yeah, and then yeah. Eccleston and, and Tennant
1: and yeah, Smith. Yeah.
0: All right so. then. Sorry. Uh, All right. Wow. Anyway, uh, number three is Kiff from Futurama. I love Kiff. Oh, Kif. Yeah.
1: Sidekick to. Uh... He was at. Uh, he was at MegaCon.
0: Oh, uh, Maurice. Le... No, yeah. was it
1: Maurice? Le... Clear is something. Yeah. With an yeah. L. Yeah. Um, he was there. Yeah, but I love Kiff. Like he's always long suffering. He's loyal. The, the little uh, little picture of Kif up where his little name was, and I'm that's just like, funny. oh, that guy doesn't look anything like Kif. <laughs> yeah, he's like not a green guy.
0: alien. That's all stretchy. Yeah.
1: You know? All right. So that's my number three. Uh, my number two is Yoda. Uh, there you go. So yeah. Um, gotta gotta have a high uh high ranking Star Wars character, but yeah,
0: I mean, like you say about Yoda? Like, other than he was really great at the start. Uh,
1: well, Yoda's unique too. Like, because if he because well, they put I, I wish they never would have done this. They put Yaddle in the prequels who was a female Yoda and for the longest time there was a huge mystery of like Yoda's species like nobody knew what he was he was super unique and that kind of gave him more of a mystical feel as a like Dalai Lama type character where like he was like always like the pinnacle Jedi like in, but yeah. there was no one else like him at all as far as like races go or anything like that so but yeah all right, so my number two is uh, Starman with uh, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> I love Starman. Like that's, I, a, that's a good movie. I've never seen Starman. You've never seen Starman? I, uh, well, I'll take it back. I've, I've seen like the first 10, 15 minutes, and I fell asleep when I was like five.
0: Oh, it's but like it. it was made when and Carpenter's <laughs> heyday of like putting out some really good movies. Like it, like stuff. Okay, let me rephrase. Uh, even though people are going to be mad at me, like I love those movies. You could argue that some of them aren't good, but I love that stretch that he was it was in. And this one's different than the other ones because it isn't ne- it isn't a horror movie. It's just an alien crash lands. It finds the first uh, human DNA to copy, which happens to be Jeff Bridges. Who Karen Allen's in it. She's um she had just recently lost him as a you know her husband passed away, and she's watching this film like film strip that she had of him, and she had like some of his like like they had like a memory book or something, and like guess said like some of his baby hair or something. So the alien thing like scans it and actually becomes him. Like the looks like him, yeah, and then she, she she freaks out, right? So it's like, and the whole thing is like he needs to get to a certain point out in the desert to get picked back up again. So it's like it becomes like this road movie with this alien that's trying to understand humanity the entire time, and it's it's funny and sad, and it's a good good movie. Yeah, um, that's where the best line ever is. She's driving a car. And she sees a yellow light, so she guns it through the intersection. And then so later on, he's like, well, I'll drive because I know how to drive now because I've seen you do this. And there's a train crossing, and there becomes a yellow light. So he just guns it and barely gets past this train. And she's yelled at him. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, red means stop, green means go, and yellow means go very fast. And it was just really funny how that's what he (laughs) ascertained from her. That's funny. Um, But yeah, that's my number
1: two. Uh, All right. My number one is Optimus Prime. Oh, see. Because... I, I, got, I know we said no robots, but... He's an alien. Prime's a Cybertodian. More, Prime's, Prime is more... They, they they made the Autobots and the Decepticons as tra- Transformers more of a species than a robot. Yeah. In my mind. Because it was like they had a whole planet. They, I mean, they they technically built each other, but at the same time, it was like they had families and things like that. So there was more of a, a there, sentient... There's an ecology there. There's an ecology yeah. and a sentient culture um plus like on that whole list i think prime's probably the most cool stand-up dude um i know i'm a huge fan of the bad guys but i could never really ever root for the decepticons as long as prime is leading the autobots yeah um like if i like a lot of times like there's certain characters where it's like this character has got to be like a you know a morally stand-up Dude, that's like like paladin comes to mind like when you when you think about like like fantasy characters of like like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Like somebody who is always not so much as a strictly obey to uh, adhere to the law but always upholds what does what is ever right no matter what. Captain America. Um who else did I have? Artanis is like another guy like that, but Prime uh I can never think Prime would be a bad dude. That's that's a good call. I, I'm going to call you out now.
0: I was I'm surprised the Venom symbiote wasn't anywhere on your favorite aliens on your yeah, list. Yeah, I know. I, I, was wasn't waiting, even, I, was I wasn't
1: even thinking about that. I know I should have had that on the I was list. waiting
0: for that to show up. But my number one was Erdnot Rex from Mass Effect is because he's awesome. <laughs> but I was trying to think, what's the name of the, oh, the, the Solarian Doctor? Um, oh, uh, I let him die. what (laughs) yeah mortis um morden morden solace morden
1: solace is that it
0: yeah um like i love him because he he's just so matter of fact he always has like you know he always weighs his head like what's the best way to do things yep and that doesn't necessarily mean that's moral (laughs) like yep but he he ultimately wants to be a good guy but it's like if something's in his way he'll he'll just shoot it and be like well that was a hindrance to us because, like, uh, Solarians only live 40 Earth years, so he's, like, they're constantly, like, go, go,
1: go, yeah, go, they're, go. Yeah, their thought process is so quick because they don't, they don't have time for anything.
0: And I just love that he's, like, the scientist constantly thinking and working and then, like, always, like, yeah, but we got to kill those guys. And then, like, i want to do science right now as well. So I like him. So Solarians are pretty cool. Um,
1: All of the Mass Effect characters were, like, such a treat.
0: Like, we could have picked an Elcor. That could have been the best one. Like oh, my the, God. The slow-talking Elcor. The Elcors, the yeah.
1: ones that had to, like, because they had no tone. Yes. They had to say their tone beforehand I, there's so many good characters on there yeah so that's our, our uh, another
0: alien i have surprised that you did not mention i again i don't know how much you watch american mm-hmm. dad i'm surprised you mentioned
1: roger i don't watch american, dad. american okay. dad that much no yeah, so roger would be a good one yeah, yeah but yeah
0: did you know the actor that was in the alf suit recently passed away
1: yeah i saw that yeah alf died. yeah
0: so there you go that's
1: sad That is that yeah.
0: is no more cats to be eaten
1: i'd probably be a lot better at karate if it wasn't for alf why do you say that? Because I was taking karate lessons when I was like seven, and then like I was getting mad because I wasn't very good at it. And then like um, I was like my my karate lessons were on Monday, and I was like I'm gonna miss Alf. <laughs> so then I just I literally told my mom when my my membership came up again I was like no I want to watch Alf. <laughs> you could have went off to the Hill Valley tournament. I could have and... been like Cobra Kai, yeah. And like here I am, just want to watch Aliens eat cats on TV.
0: I can't you know, that sounds like something I would have done and been like, Oh, this is cutting into my T V time. I can't do martial arts. Yeah. Yeah. So That was terrible. That's that was funny. terrible as kids. All right. So that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh Again, hit us up on our our social media, on Invasion of the Podcast, on Facebook, uh, Invading Podcast on Twitter, uh, InvadingPodcast at gmail.com. We'll have that poll up there soon about what terrible movie I need to watch as my punishment for the Wheel of Death. I'm going to shill some other things here real quick. Uh, This week, coming up on uh, Strange Highways, which is the show I do with Kevin Hornsby, where we watch The Twilight Zone in succession. Um, We're on episode eight now, I think, or seven of the series. It's uh, Time Enough at Last, the very famous one with Burgess Meredith where he you know, you know, the, breaks the, his glasses. The very, very He's, famous, yep. like well-known, iconic Twilight Zone episode. And we have a special guest on the show, uh, from, uh, El Goro, from the Talk Without Rhythm podcast is on there as well. So I'm promoting one podcast that's promoting another podcast, and I'm going to bring it back around. So the snake is eating its tail right now, it's like chilling. So check that out. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That episode will be up uh, tomorrow as well um but yeah uh that will that will do it um i have nothing else i want to promote right now nothing else is going on it's been a busy week i am tired as all get out yeah and, I, and I'm cut surprised
1: into, I, I worked made it to work today and it's cut
0: into my overwatch time so much <laughs> and, and that's been the saddest part of it all so wow. it's, yeah i want to get back to more overwatch but anyway um that'll do it for us this week um so yeah, that uh, we're gonna. I guess we're gonna end it the same
1: way we always. We've been doing it recently. Well, will tell two friends about the show.
0: Oh yeah, and also too, please, 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 please. I know we haven't mentioned this in a while. Um, please go to the iTunes um, store and give us a five star review. Go to Stitcher and give us like a. I think it's five star review there as well. Um, the more we get of those the more a general rating will show up, and then this will actually appear to other people. So that would be wonderful if you guys could please just take a minute and say, this is the greatest show I listen to once a week, or this is a show I listen to once a week, or it is a show, and just put five stars. Whatever you want to do, just the
1: five stars. I don't even care if you do an emoji and then put five stars. Yeah,
0: like like um, eggplant, five stars. Yes, yeah. except for the little shit icon. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, I keep saying it. We'll see you next week.